General Vagon has called the Battle of France is over. The Battle of Britain is about to begin. Welcome to the Lead Pursuit Podcast, a podcast covering Blood Red Skies, a game of World War II aerial combat. Welcome to the Lead Pursuit Podcast. This is episode 10. And as you can tell, this is Brett, not Doug, today with the intro. Doug is away out of the country doing his other job. But I have with me Chris. Say hi, Chris. How you doing, buddy? And I have with us Kevin Hammond from Miscellaneous Miniatures. Miscellaneous Miniatures. Yeah, this is Kevin. Great to have you with us, Kevin. Uh, man, we've wanted to have you on for a while because the fact of the matter is we use the heck out of your products. And you know, one thing I notice, whether it's on the Pursuit podcast, uh, Facebook page, or probably most often on places like the um, Ready Room, we get lots of questions about, hey, where are those decals? Where, where'd you get those decals? And you know, nine times out of the 10, it's always from Kevin over at Miscellaneous Miniatures. And, and I don't mean our own posts. I'm talking about everybody's posts, right? People putting up pictures of their their completed projects and everybody's wowing about how great they look. And a big part of that, of course, is those decals. And uh, yeah, that kind of took me by surprise. I guess it started a little over uh, a year ago, back in April, May, when I got a, an email from a gentleman uh, wanting some Spitfire and, and 109 decals for a new game. And uh, it went nuts. That's not too long ago. No, it's been pretty crazy since then. Is the, has the um, response from the Blood Red Skies community been one of your largest responses you've had yet to making decals? Uh, that and the other uh, Warlord game, Cruel Seas, for some oh, reason. very cool. Yeah, some reason uh, people wanted to put numbers on their 1-300 scale ships and boats. Brenner will do it, so there you go. Nice. Well, Kevin, tell us a little bit about all the horrible life choices you've made that got you to this point where you're making decals for little planes and little boats. How did, how did, that, how did that even happen? Okay. Well, uh, it all started back in the 50s, very late 50s. Uh, didn't do anything then, but early in the 60s, I started uh, make, making models and painting, and uh, mostly aircraft. My dad was in the Federal Aviation Administration, so we lived around uh, airfields, mostly military, Air Force, and moved around a bit. Spent a good bit of time up in Alaska, and we could see the B-17s flying over to fight fires. They use them as water bombers. So uh, had an aviation background, a modeling background. Uh, learned to fly when I was in high school. My dad taught me. He's 84, still flying. Oh. Love him to death. And uh, so from uh, high school, uh, my eyes had gotten a little bad, so I couldn't be a pilot. I was looking at being a, a guy in the back seat of a Marine aircraft, but the Army saved me. And, uh, went to school with the Army. And uh, in the Army, I was a tanker and a paratrooper, which is uh, a nice combination. And then after my troop time, spent a lot of time in uh, staff as an officer and then as a contractor and civilian where the uh, the government taught me how to make decals. And by that, I mean uh, doing PowerPoint slides, Harvard graphics, and that kind of stuff. Oh, and fellow PowerPoint Jedi, 
So yeah, <laughs> we're, 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 this whole crew is basically, it has had a lot of staff officer time. And I think, um, in fact, I was telling Brett today, I was like, he was asking me how I was putting um, the labels on some of the photos I was doing, you know, what unit it was and who was in the unit. And I told him, I said, dude, just use PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah. We're all used to PowerPoint. That's awesome. That's why I said horrible life choices, because you had told me earlier you you were in the Army. So that's a, yep. uh, uh, we can we can uh, beat up on these Marine Corps guys. They don't they kind of outnumber me. Yeah, well, I actually have to have Kevin on later. So you've got a, another person in your fighting hole to shoot us with. <laughs> And I'm an army brat, but you know, my, my dad was a ranger. My mom was a whack and my brother was a quartermaster. He just retired a couple years ago. So I come from an all army family and grew up in Germany in the army. And, um, the, the reason I joined the Marine Corps is because I was around the army in my entire life and I just wanted to see something different in the world. But, but yeah, I think, um, I think this whole crew has pretty much got a, a heavy military background. Yeah. But that's, that's pretty cool. So are you playing blood red skies besides, you know, making the, the uh, decals I... everybody wants? I am uh, not playing Blood Red Skies. Don't have a game. I have uh, some of the Mustang models, uh, but I played. Uh, it's been a couple of years now since I played Check Your Six, uh, Airdromes One, Two, and Three, uh, Wings of Glory, Dawn of War, those games. But lately, it's just been board games. You know, Settlers okay. of Catan and stuff like that. Well, that you, you touched on some games that I think uh, you and Doug could have a lot of conversations about because he brings up games that I've never even heard of that he's played. And I'm like, wow, man, he, I, I don't think I know anybody that has more game knowledge than he does. So it's uh, good to have you on board. What's um, how did, so You told me you, you, a little bit about your background. Tell us how you, got, how you came to the decision to start up a company to make these decals. How does that happen? Well, uh, as I mentioned, in the Army, there's a, a point where it's not really fun anymore. It's just a job. And that happened for me, you know, leaving troops and going to the staff job. Uh, and you do that because you got to make the money to pay the mortgage, you know, and support the family. And uh, about seven years ago, my wife passed, and I lost a good friend. And my youngest kid was 28. And I said, you know, what the hell am I doing here? And I decided... I'm going to leave the government, and I'm going to go do this. And so that's why I started off as a painting service, uh, painted pretty much any, anything, and decided I didn't want to do boats or ships. And uh, I'd known Dave Schmidt at Armaments and Miniature for, well, I guess since 2007. I'd been painting his uh, display models, and he was having trouble with his uh, decal provider. And uh, especially for the, the 1200, 1-100 scale models he makes. And, you know, kind of on a whim, I bought a printer that uh, prints white. And uh, now I make decals more than I paint. Yeah, that, that's the big thing, painting, you know, printing white. I've, I've done a little bit of the, the, you know, doing the laser print decals or doing the bubble jet decals. And that's the one thing you can't do. Um, and it, it's one thing that, I mean, and plus I think when you guys with a professional printer, you've got, it just, it's so much crisper than something you're going to pull off your printer. Um, I can tell you, I working with your decals now through, I think I've done three different airframes with your decals. I, I like working with your decals better than just about any decals I've worked with. Um, well, thank you. I just, I, I like the film and I like the fact that when you, you get decals from you, I mean, it's it's packaged well. There's a complete sheet on what you should do to lay the decal down. How, usually when you get decals, it's like, uh, here's a decal sheet. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, a, like a secondary thought. 
in anything you get, even when you order decals online. And yours is like, you get this like hand done letter that's signed by you. That's like the entire process of how you should use your decals. And and if you follow that to a T, I, I got to tell you, man, your your decals are beautiful. They 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 lay down so well on models. Thanks. I use yeah. them myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're definitely going to get you doing more. Okay. They've been, a, they've been a dream to work with. And um, yeah, the thing I was initially so impressed with was just the variety you have. I mean, I, I'm collecting majority Luftwaffe stuff at this point, And I'm pretty impressed when I just, you know, click down on the website on the categories to get to the one to 200 Luftwaffe stuff for World War II. Man, it's, it's, pretty robust that list of stuff that's available um in fact it has in some of my projects has you know i've had lots of choices what uh you know unit or whatever i could paint up often i think i mentioned this in an earlier episode i've actually looked on your website first before deciding which squadron or whatever i was going to paint because of the decals that were available for the particular airframe i was thinking of doing yeah i think i remember uh, listening to that so yeah. how, how the heck do you, I mean, uh, what drives that? Is it just people calling you saying, hey, I, I really want some decals for this unit, or did you already have kind of a list to start with? How did, how did that happen? Well, there's, uh, of course, armaments and miniature. Uh, uh, Dave's got all those wonderful models in uh, three scales. The airplanes are in three scales, one 100, one 200, one 300. And then he's got some landing craft and some some ground vehicles. And I wanted to someday have decal a, a at least a decal sheet for every model that he makes and so that's you know that that's one goal that's out there uh the next is you know which era unit faction whatever you want to call it do i want to do and a lot of that's yeah you know, he'll he'll tell me what he wants sometimes but he's usually free with it and then it's just back on me to you know i loved the book thunderbolt as a kid you know, Robert Johnson is P forty seven, so I did his plane. You know, I I did the uh, the fifty six fighter group, or you read Stuka pilot, or uh, uh, torpedo pilot, or you know any number of the old Bantam books, paperbacks that I, that I've worn the covers off of, and I try and pick those units or or others that I've read about, um, and then you get the a lot of email. Coming in, you know, I'd like to see this unit or, or this particular plane. Try and build a unit around that. That's really cool. Yeah, I have a lot of questions for you on that because I'm working on a project right now that uh, you have some decals that are very similar, but I'm hoping to be able to um, maybe change some numbers and letters to represent different units and stuff. And from what we we were talking about this a little bit earlier, it sounded like that's not terribly hard to do. What's your no, process? As, as long as the basic uh, framework is there, it doesn't take too long. Uh, it for RAF units, uh, you know, Spitfires, Hurricanes, even even some of the German units. Uh, if it's just the color of the number, that you know, repositioning the the code letters, something like that, from, uh, you know, one letter to another, that can be done in a couple hours. And well, what's great. your process when when what's your process when somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, there's this unit, um, you know, take for instance, like the Hellcat unit, and, and then the name is escaping me right now. The one that's got the face on it, it's uh, like a growling face. Um, actually, it was kind of funny because the other day I got a, a squadron shop catalog in. I wasn't even thinking about doing Hellcats, and the front of the squadron shop catalog was that Hellcat with that face, and I was like, 
let me go over to miscellaneous menus and see if they've got anything like that. And it was like the exact decal was there. I was like, oh, that is just so cool. I was like, okay, I'm doing an order right now. But you know, what is the process when somebody comes to you and says, hey, this unit, um, I need this kind of stuff. Is it like, are they passing you art? Are they passing you clips? Are they passing you um, that type of stuff? Or how does that process work? Uh, like, uh, come in with an email and uh, I'd like to know uh, the kind of plane, or if it's a plane or, or the subject, the uh, scale, if they've got a scale. If they're using you know 28 millimeter, then I need to know the dimensions of the, the surface that'll go on. And then uh, if they can send reference pictures or a URL, you know, a link to something, uh, I can use that. And then uh, what I do is is take a look at it, and, and I don't charge a commission to design it, actually. But what I w- want to be able to do is turn it into a unit or a sheet that I can then put on the in the the web store, you know, and hopefully other people will buy it, so I don't, you know, spend forty hours for five bucks, yeah, uh, for that one sheet of decals. But then, uh, you know, once once I have an understanding of what the uh, the project is, you know, then I'll start uh, doing some graphic design, and then once I have a basic shape, I'll uh, try and size it. That's where you get with the scale. And I have a lot of test models, most of them armaments in miniature, that I can run the the test graphics on an inkjet printer on regular paper, cut it out and hold it up against the model and say, yeah, that looks about right. If I don't have a test model, what I'll generally do is send the uh, customer a PDF of the graphic that that has the size that it'll be and ask them to cut it out and hold it against their model and see if that's what they want. And then uh, we make adjustments from there. In either case, if I print it or they print it and it doesn't look right, then I'll make adjustments. And then when it gets to where I think it's right, then I'll include it on a test run on the on decal paper. And then, so do uh, you do you ahead. print your stuff in lots, or do you do it? Because um, I know sometimes things go out of stock. Or I was the, I was just wondering about the process. Is this something like you get an order and you're printing based on the order, or are you you know I print ten of these and when they're gone I print ten more? I was just wondering how you manage your stock and that type of stuff. Yeah, um, I get to that real quick but finish with the custom process you know once yeah. once the guy likes the the graphics what i'll do is organize the sheet of decals and then i'll print that as far as the the normal a normal day you know get up in the morning this is full time for get up in the morning get things going uh check email if uh you know sometimes there's no orders sometimes there's 15 and i'll start going through the orders and i don't anymore keep a large stock on hand so if if i do have it on hand i'll pull it if i don't have it on hand then i'll make a note once i have all the that don't have on hands for the day then i'll put together uh, you know one to you know six sheets of graphics just pulling the little pages from from my files and then print those for that day and then uh Usually I have cut off of around 10 or 11 in the morning that I'll print it. And then I start cutting and bagging and run it over to the post office. I can get it out that day. Your your turnaround time is amazing, man. I mean, like I said, I, I've ordered decals from you. And usually it's 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 never been more than four or five days before they're in the mailbox. 
And it's kind of like that kid at Christmas thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm collecting decals right now. Just collect decals. It's like someday I'm going to get around to doing that squatter. And I've got to have that one. Yeah. So, thanks. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I'm a hobby guy. I'm a modeler, a painter. And, and so, yeah, if I see something wrong with the decal sheet and it's already gone out, I'll try and send a replacement, send an email and say, you know, this is screwed up. I got something on the way. If it comes out of the printer screwed up, you know, I just eat it, throw it away. Uh, is you know when i order something i want it in the mail so you know, yeah same same for me if somebody orders something they gave me money i want to get it out to them yeah so on the on the topic of custom details or decals you had mentioned that you know changing numbers numerals whatever that kind of thing is pretty easy how, how tough is it to do things like um you mentioned nose art sometimes can be a real challenge. How do you work with that? And how does that, how is that a big challenge? For uh, nose art and whatnot, uh, they, they, that's beyond my training that the Army provided. You know, <laughs> <laughs> circle stars, rectangles, letters, those are all great things, you know, floating clouds. Uh, then for the, the nose art and stuff, I have to go in there and start. Uh, kind of freehanding with the mouse, and I use a primarily LibreOffice, my uh, software package. It's kind of like uh, Microsoft Office, only it's free. And uh, I've been working on Inkscape a little bit, uh, and I just try and recreate it uh, using things that I've learned over the past couple of years uh, between the software on the computer and what comes out at the other end on the printer, you know, just kind of trial and error to make it look right at the scale it's going to be presented at. You have a fair amount of things on the decal sheets I've seen that are pretty, um, you know, not just letters and numbers that are that are really nice and accurate. You know, things like the uh, some of the Yagashvader. Uh, uh, badges and stuff for the different units and stuff that are, that are included on your sheets. And, you know, those are, you know, that's not just a, yeah, you know, but, a letter or something. You've done a pretty good job with those. Oh, thanks. But that's one of the things with the, you know, at, at uh, you know, something that's one and a half, two millimeters, two and a half millimeters side to side. Um, if you, if you blow that up to a full page, you know, it's a couple of circles that are, put together with some rectangles this way or, you know, elongated triangle or something like that. Uh, but at, uh, you know, two millimeters, it looks like a demon's head or, or it looks like a Viking boat, but it's really just, you know, a, a crescent and a couple of rectangles and squares. <laughs> You've done a fine job with it, sir. Let me ask you for, for something larger. We were talking a little bit offline about um, some B-29 stuff for Korea. And some of those aircraft, actually, most of them had some some art, uh, artwork on them. If somebody provided was able to provide, uh, I don't know, some kind of electronic format file of the actual artwork, is that something that you're able to maybe cut and paste and avoid all the, um, you know, the actual freehanding of the artwork? Is that something that's possible? Uh, generally, I do not, uh, except uh, the uh, outside files uh, for. Two reasons. One, I'm I'm not sure of the copyright. You know, who who actually owns the artwork that's being provided to me? Uh, and the other thing is, even yeah, w without 
copyright when I get the file. There's so much that might have to be done to make it look good when it comes out of the printer uh, that I generally don't ex uh, accept it. There was uh, one case um, where uh, a professional modeler uh, came to me with some artwork. He had the rights to it, uh, and he gave me a file, and I you know, played with it, gave him some decals back, so I really didn't do much. But that's uh, it's not the norm. See how that could be a pretty you know big burden. You've already got you know orders you're you're pumping out and things you're changing that are a little more uh, reasonable from a from a workload standpoint. I would guess so that, that that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah, there's a uh, if uh, and that's some of the things that I uh, that won't touch if it's uh, copyrighted or trademarked uh, won't touch it. Um, there's somebody recently asked if I would do some nose art for C-130 unit in Pennsylvania. And uh, they didn't provide any links or anything. So I just did, I Googled it, you know, and, and there was uh, yeah, Steelers logo on the front of the plant. Nope, not going to do it. Yeah. You mentioned that you do lots of stuff besides just, uh, just airplanes. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, some of the other types of decals and things you're doing um uh, most of those have been custom um uh, i get uh, requests for uh, tattoos for 28 millimeter figures you know they'll want little symbols or signs or something like that that they can uh put on you know uh, a barbarian's arm uh some uh, small scale signs for postal post apocalyptic games uh you know Police, sheriff decals, and stuff for uh, car wars. Uh, just spaceship names, numbers, stuff like that. I guess it and seems like just, there could be kind of limitless applications, right? Yeah, it's just amazing the the length and breadth of stuff that yeah. you're doing, man. It's just that's just cool. So, so what's the, the wildest thing you've done so far? The most interesting uh, order you've taken over? Well, there there've been a number of them that. The one uh, that I was mentioning was uh, where the, the modeler sent me the art. Um, it was for a uh, privateer, a 148 scale privateer model. And uh, I didn't think much of it. And then uh, a little bit later, about six months later, something like that, I was looking for a fine scale modeler, something online, and, and there was the model. And it had won uh, SoonerCon 2017 or something like that. Best in show, first place, yada, yada, yada. Wow. And, yeah, I didn't do the artwork, but I printed the decal and I printed some of the little you know, names on the, the front. Of it. So that was, you know, that was a, a surprise. Uh, there was a, another guy did a B24 and 148 scale called the Burma Queen. Uh, and I think he did it for a, friend that was a vet from world war ii that you know that i always get a kick out of that where they they're doing something for somebody else and then uh that thing gets me is the uh just s seeing the decals on pictures on different sites or on youtube crazy all right it's gonna be pretty rewarding yeah see it all the time you know folks are posting up their projects i think i mentioned this earlier on some of the 
some of the sites that really, really cater to this hobby and, and you read the comments. So somebody will post, you know, great photo of their airplanes and the comments are almost always somebody's asking, Hey, where'd you get those decals? And, um, everybody always says, uh, decals are from miscellaneous miniatures. And, uh, I can't think of a time when it, when I didn't see that response. And so there are people out there that are using them, but there's still people out there asking where they're coming from. So we're hoping that uh, having you on and talk about this helps people, you know, find your site and 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 you know, get the right decals and get their projects looking great. It. Yeah, just don't do another game. Have you done any work for any of the Horus Heresy people at all? Um, Space Marines, that type of stuff? I have only done uh, 40 de- 40K decals or for 40k miniature for painting commissions i've done yeah just the, different the, stuff the 30k guys are this grognardy side of of warhammer that i belong to and i can tell you that one of the big pushes in events lately has been guys trying to get decals printed for like a certain campaign like if you came to that event you could get a decal sheet for that campaign so when you went back and built vehicles i was in this campaign and you could actually put campaign details and i know that they're they're all ordering their stuff and it's really expensive from a company down in australia so um i've definitely got some guys that i'm going to send your way because i know i know that there are a lot of guys that coordinate events that are looking you know to get you know 50 to 100 sheets printed up just so they can have them for swag at events um and would be willing to pay for that service, basically, um, especially over what they're paying with the Australian mailing prices and everything else with that guy they're dealing with. So that's definitely something I'm going to look at. Yeah, as long as the uh, the images aren't trademarked or copyright. Yeah, this is all custom stuff that guys are doing. You know, it's a it's a fake planet somewhere, and in a in a fake fake set of heraldry or something really simple. Usually, it's just like a badge for for a fake planet. And, um, you know, I, I went and, you know, my, my space Marine served on this planet in this campaign and it was some goofy event that somebody was running somewhere. So, but guys get, they get pretty into that stuff when you can go to an event and actually, you know, get yourself some, some stuff to put on your vehicles that was actually from the event. Yeah. You say, when you say a badge, Chris, you're talking about something that's probably comparable in size to like a one to 200 scale roundel or something on aircraft, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're not talking about anything major. It would be something that, you know, he was printing maybe 20 sheets for it, and then they were cutting it up into smaller sections and just putting it in swag bags. So, you know, it, as a as a prize for attending the event and participating in the campaign. Pretty cool so, idea. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that done at several of the larger events here in the United States. And like I said, it's, getting, it's really popular with the people that come. And um, guys are willing to pay for it because it's just something really unique and really, you know, to say, hey, I was there. And um, so, yeah, just because we're nerds. <laughs> uh well, Kevin, um, you know, you said that very recently, really, you've gotten super busy because of Blood Red Skies and, and other things. Um, where do you where do you see your business going in the next few years? Do you do you have some vision for where you expect to be with this in the coming yeah, year? Yeah, well, with the uh, with the company, me, uh, said I started off as a painting service, and then I picked up decals. Decals have have taken over, so I've. Uh, stop taking commissions for painting and, and I'll just be painting for myself and then I'll make that available on the website if people want to buy it otherwise I'll just have it uh, but as far as the decals go I don't see any change uh, in that part of the business I'll continue to make decals the uh, two concerns I have uh, for the future are uh, decal paper and the printer and the the decal paper 
uh, was getting the, the blue back paper that let you see the white images uh, from a place in Florida till last June, I think it was, and they went out of business. And then there was a place in Texas that was making it, and then they stopped making it. And so now I'm getting my decal paper from Australia. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the, that's, Australia is still in the mix. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh it's uh it's good paper. Um, it comes in A4 size, whereas all my files had been set up for letter size, which is a little bit of a pain in the butt to convert. But, uh, it works, and they they have paper, so there's that. And as far as the printer goes, it's it's a uh, relatively new modern printer. Uh, I think I bought it in 16 or 17. I can't remember which. But it's it's an Oki 942 uh, printer. prints white, and then it prints uh, cyan, yellow, magenta, and black. And it, uh, if anything goes wrong, uh, wrong with that, that's uh, twenty dollars to $30,000 to replace it. Wow. And that's, that's something I don't know if, you know, I don't know what I was thinking that day that I said, yes, I'll take it. But uh, it it wasn't that much back then. Uh, yeah, I've seen people online talk about, you know, starting a decal business. And that's usually where they get to is they get to the point where they're looking at printers and then they're looking at secondhand printers and they're like, oh, wow, this is this is a lot more expensive than going out and buying a, you know, $1,000 laser jet or something like that. This is this is a pretty substantial layout to be able to do this. Yeah, even for. Uh... I had, I have two printers. The first one I bought and used for about six months is an Oki also. Uh, prints white, and then the three colors not black, but it printed white last, so it it made for a situation where you had to print the a white underlayer, and then the colored overlayer, so you have a two part decal. So that that just sits there, but that's that's expensive too. No small endeavor then. I mean, what you're doing for this community is uh, pretty substantial and it's clear that you do, you deliver a good product and it was no small thing to do it. That's a, it's a pretty amazing story. You know, I didn't know anything about what it takes to make decals and I really don't know much, but you've, you've educated me a little on it. It makes me wonder, uh, we were uh, really, I got this idea because I was seeing Chris's work in progress photos for some Japanese aircraft he was doing and he was you know, doing a bunch of masking and he was uh, trying to repurpose decals from an entirely different game to get what he needed for his aircraft. Is there, is there some, because of the process you use for decals, is there some maybe application for other things that might be kind of similar? One thing that came to my mind was something like, I don't know, some kind of sheets that are flexible uh, stencils for camouflage patterns or something like that. Is that something that's, even remotely uh, in the neighborhood of what you're doing I've now? Not, yeah, I've not looked into that, really. I've seen the, uh, t- the patterns and templates uh, and the stencils and stuff that are out there, but I haven't looked at it. As you do such a good job of scaling everything to these aircraft, it makes me think, like, I wonder if there's some way, you know, look, at, I'm just, this is completely just uh, brainstorming here, but if there's, you know, I've seen flexible, almost like decal sheet or not decal sheets, but like um, uh, vinyl sticker sheets that for, you know, larger scale stuff yeah, where you can make. Yeah. 
I wonder if there's some application where something that's appropriately scaled so that a flexible film of some kind that could be a be a stencil would lay appropriately over the aircraft specific to that particular aircraft. You know, I'm just, yeah, you imagine I imagine something I, you, like that. You could probably do something like that. You'd have to find the uh, the the right kind of medium, the paper or whatever. Yeah, uh, painting those leading edge. Um, those wing stripes on those zeros this weekend. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd almost given you a kidney if somebody would have offered to do it for me. Because <laughs> I was right. just yeah. trying to get the uh, trying to get a, a line that's literally like two millimeters wide um, and try to get it straight <laughs> when you're on a dark background because I was putting those yellow stripes on the front of the zero wings. Yeah, that was um, that was a challenge. So the struggle course, is real. Oh, yeah. I, of course, I had I had yellow paint that ran down my panel lines. Um, behind the masking tape so then then I, then I was there with the triple o brush trying to clean those up without ruining the paint job i already had but it was it was one of those things you know i did them i did the plane complete and i was like oh, i don't want to do those yellow stripes because it's just going to be difficult and it's going to mess up a really pretty model but then i kept looking at the cover of the osprey books and i was like yeah but they painted those lines on every plane they had and you really need them if they're going to look right yeah so yeah, uh, that's, i can do it that that's when i put the model aside for a couple yeah and that's what I did. I actually, I actually shelved the zeros for like a week and it was like, I'm going to, I'm going to wait till I've got a good four hours just to do the taping process, not even the painting process and, um, and go back down there and tackle it. Cause I tried to do a test model and it was just, it was driving me nuts. By the time I was done, I, I had a pretty good, pretty good, you know, assembly line going, but, but yeah, it's, it's just little things that you don't imagine at the scale that tend to be really challenging. And um, I, like I said, that's that's where your decals have come in super handy, um, especially doing my Sturmoviks, um, having those Russian writing decals and the the, the, the um, lightning bolt decals and that type of stuff. It was that stuff that I could never dream of hand painting. And it's something that gives the model just so much more story and so much more realism on the table when you get stuff like that. And um, I'm definitely going to be looking your way. You know, I'm doing mainly Russian. I'm doing a little bit of um, Japanese and and Luftwaffe also, but I'm doing mainly Russian. And one of the things that I definitely want to see is um, some some more of the the iconic the icons that the Russians used. You know, nothing copyrighted, but but things like the banner of Lenin, um, which was really copy, common for them to put on their plane, um, and just the, the the star kill markings, that type of stuff. Stuff that's just not out there in the one two hundred scale. And I think the the Russian community um, and the the Russian blood red skies community would really like right. to see in decals. Yeah, um, that would you know sheets that that might even not even be model specific, but just just a just a sheet that had you know the the different slogans and the the kill markings and stuff like that on it. I know that that's something I would buy several of just to have in my collection when I was doing planes later because that was something that I was definitely looking for. Um, I'm going to go off into P40s here soon, doing Lindley's P40s, and I really want to get some some banner of linens made up because that was a really common marking for the P40s that they were flying at the time. So I'll be hitting you up for that. Okay. I'm just making a couple of notes here. So you got to start your Italian stuff. We teased it a little bit last episode about oh, this yep. Malta campaign. So um, maybe I'll talk a little bit about that right now. <clears throat> so one of our part of our intent with the Lead Pursuit podcast is to l- deliver some additional content for the community, <clears throat> playable content, if you will. And one idea we have is to d- uh, deliver, you know, campaign stuff, missions, and perhaps a bit more that coincides with significant releases from Warlord for 
blood red skies and their next big thing coming out is going to be airstrike right <clears throat> so we are currently doing a bunch of research and putting together stuff to potentially have a set of pretty well thought out mission sets that support airstrike <clears throat> and general play then incorporate actions that occurred for the uh the battle for air supremacy over malta and uh I think that opens the door for all kinds of interesting. That's the whole reason why I want to come to you, Kevin, for some ideas about some additional uh, units for uh, aircraft you already uh, make decals for. But I just want to change up uh, some of the numbers so we can represent the uh, specific units I'm looking for. But uh, Chris has uh, agreed to uh, dive into the Italian stuff on that. So I know you have some okay. Italian okay. stuff. Gonna maybe more some of the He's got a, he, you've got a you've got a decent amount of Italian stuff up already, and I think I'm going to be able to piece together a lot of what I what I need right off that. But if I definitely if I need anything else, I'll hit you up. But I'm definitely going to be branching out into that. It's it's kind of a subgenre of airplanes. And, um, they, you know, when you see World War Two planes, you don't see a lot of iconic, you know, iconic Italian planes flying around. But we're kind of getting into Battle of Malta. And that's definitely where they were. They were doing some of their heaviest flying and getting into Africa. So it'll be fascinating to, to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, with the uh, the Italians, then. Then reaching back to the uh, the leading edge stripes on the uh, or bands on the Japanese planes, uh, that one of the things I would like to be able to do is are the stripes and bands uh, that go on the aircraft. Whether it's the yellow bands that go on the front of the, some of the British Japanese ones, invasion stripes, fuselage bands, uh, but those are are very time consuming. Yeah, uh, just to get the the geometry right. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at the Japanese ones, um, a lot of them are curved. Like when you look at the ones from Warlord and like I said, I just did a little private project. I did the 582 uh, Kokutai um, squadron and they, their, their main ace, Saburo um, Shindo, um, he used a, it's like a double V shape on his fuselage. And that's where I went and I used some, some Warhammer decals that was kind of a double pinstripe and was able to just painstakingly cut it into cut the angles right and get it on there that was just getting those two stripes on there was about a one hour process but i can tell you from doing that myself and microset microsol and trying to get the decal to bend in the right direction you're doing the work of god when you get stuff like that done <laughs> because it saves so much time i mean that is one of the most frustrating i mean it's tiny i mean it, it, this we're talking about an airplane a little bit bigger than a quarter and i think i put more energy and time in that tiny airplane than i did some of my you know, 30K tanks that are, you know, that are 128 scale and have all kinds of battle damage and everything else on them. It just, it's something about working in a scale. It's both tedious, but in, at the same time, it's kind of really enjoyable when you, when you pull it off and it looks right. Yeah. So, but yeah. Those fuselage stripes, like the ones you did for the um, American volunteer group, because I've picked up those decals and I've started doing some of those P40s and those are really good. They're really helpful having those different stripes on there yep. but i can understand how that geometry is definitely pushing and, uh, and taxing and those aren't too bad i think those are just a straight stripe that you know kind of live with the the little end that yep. the you know you trim the the end but you get into the uh, uh the mustangs with their damn air scoop uh yep and then you get the bubble top mustang and then you get the the bc model with the hood going back and then oh by the way the uh the armaments and miniature model is not the same shape as the Warlord Games model. So, yeah, we're interested to see. They both look like P51s, but yeah. they're different. 
we're interested to see how much that changes here too, because um, talking with um, Andy Chambers and and John Russell from Warlord, they're definitely going to switch over to that new Warlord resin. So I think uh, some of the some of the differences we're seeing in airplanes by them having to use pewter for some of their runs, that stuff I think will go away, and we'll we'll be looking at less chunky out of scale models because some of their stuff is kind of pushing it. And um, to be honest, I, I hate working with pewter. If, if I'd never have to pick up a pewter model again, I'd, I'll be more than happy. I love working with resin. And I think that'll that'll kind of bring some con- commonality between what AIM's doing and what, what Warlord's doing. Hey, Kevin, this may be a little off topic, but you mentioned you were essentially a pro painter for uh, this hobby, painting these uh, one to 200 scale aircraft. Do you have any advice for us from, uh, you know, maybe technique standpoint? maybe types of paints or processes you used in painting your aircraft? Primarily brush. Uh, occasionally I'll pull out the airbrush, uh, but at the smaller scales, it's uh, pretty much just a brush. Um, Vallejo model colors. I'll sometimes use the, uh, is it lifelike paints or uh, Vallejo air color. Use rattle can for the uh, primer. Paint the canopies first, just like painting eyeballs on a 28 millimeter figure. Paint the canopies first, then paint around them. Uh, and it depends on the model. Sometimes I'll start putting future on them, you know, as I'm painting, just to kind of protect what I'm doing. And uh, I used to use oil-based washes almost exclusively, but I found that those don't work well with my decal. Yep. So I don't recommend using oil-based washes on my decals. Have, have uh, you tried the Flory wash yet? No, I, I heard that in one of the podcasts. I've not tried it. Oh, brother, it is, at this scale, it is the end-all, be-all of washing. It really is. There are some applications where it doesn't work as well as oil, but those are are the minority of, of conditions because, it, like I said, doing my zeros this weekend, it was, if you get a good layer of gloss down, and Brett, thanks for telling me about the AK gloss because that AK gloss works better than the future I was using in the past. It, it, I was able to lay it down and I hit it with a hairdryer to dry it and went back five minutes later, rubbed a wet Q-tip over it. And it looks like somebody went in there and painstakingly did every one of those panel lines with black. It's just gorgeous. And it, I did it right over your, some of your decals and it looked fine. Because it's, it's clay-based and not oil-based. Yep, it's yeah. clay-based and not oil-based. So it's a, it's a water-based um, solution and not a, um, an, uh, an enamel-based solution. Yeah, as far as the paint colors go, uh, I mean, it's hard to know what the actual plane looked like. There's color pictures, color plates, all that. But, you know, that's somebody's uh, interpretation of what it looked like. That That's, you know, the, the color film or the black and white film that was changed to color. So if if it looks good to you, then I'd say go with it as far as okay. colors go. Hey, man, is this a private podcast or can any a-hole join? Oh my God! Our dear leader has showed up from freaking the Far East. So everybody, put the signs back up and bow when he shows up. Send us to the gulag. Hey, Doug. In so we in so we at Russia podcast record you. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm late, guys. I was actually doing real work, which probably surprises everybody that I actually work, but <laughs> I have stuff to do. Time is in your part of the world. Is that what you call um, posting pictures of Carlsberg beer on freaking Instagram? It is. That, that's hard work. <laughs> hey, it's nine nine forty five in the morning. I haven't had a beer yet. I feel like I need one, but I haven't yet. <laughs> Twelve hours difference in time. 
you're yeah, probably awesome. a day ahead of us. Yeah, I so, am. I'm in the futures. If you want to know the lottery numbers for today, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kevin, it's been awesome having you on. Uh, I guess we could wrap up with just if there's anything you want the community to know about you, about miscellaneous miniatures, maybe how to how to see your products, how to follow what you got going on. What do you got for us? Well, uh, the website is uh, www.missmini.com, M-I-S-C-M-I-N-I.com. Uh, send me an email, orders at missmini.com. I answer all the emails as soon as I can. So if you don't see anything within a couple of, of hours or the day at most, check your junk pile, your you know, the, uh, bulk mail folders and all that because I, I do send stuff out. And uh, if you got a problem with the decal, something you want to see, something screwed up on it, let me know and I'll make it right. Awesome. Doug, you had some special mini, uh, decals made by Kevin. Tell us about it. Yeah, I uh, Kevin worked up a couple different things for me. I mean, obviously the uh, Taiwanese, the uh, Republic of China Air Force, those were awesome. Although I will say, I about lost a few years off my life and got some gray hairs putting stripes on airplanes. But <laughs> they look really good once you get those on there. Uh, and obviously the Pakistani Air Force F eighty six decals as well. Those were really good for the one two hundred scale. And I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Try and custom dust nineteen forty seven uh, Brazilian uh, allies decals that you uh, that you worked out. They're probably sitting at home right now. I got all the shipping indications, but I'm here in Malaysia, so <laughs> I didn't get uh, haven't seen them yet. They're there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I, and I'm sure they're going to work out great. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting some of the the walkers set up and some of the aircraft uh, set up. Uh, with those decals so i appreciate you doing the custom work i know it it gets frustrating it's time but I, I really appreciate it i know there's some other people who are already interested in brazilian expeditionary force one 200 scale yeah it's good to have stuff that changes up the uh schedule a bit keeps things exciting yeah i'm definitely going to throw some some dust 1947 um marine corps stuff your way um i'm doing marines for dust and and the, the decals that are out there are just kind of lacking and it's really stiffled stuff, you know, just basically like U.S. Marines um, and a couple names for vehicles, that type of stuff. And I'm using real World War II um, names that they had on vehicles and just carrying them over into Dust 1947. Um, some of the iconography that, that transferred out of um, World War II and some of the stuff that was on the Marine vehicles in Korea. And I just want to get some of that stuff on a decal sheet so that it's usable for the guys that are doing 128 scale, both Dust and guys that are doing 128 scale um uh, warlord type stuff for with the with them just launching korea i think that would be a boon for both communities yeah awesome well thank you so much for being on with us kevin i think chris said it earlier you're doing the lord's work for this hobby that's for sure uh you've made our made our models our projects look far better than they uh would well, have otherwise. thank you very much thank you very much for I the uh, kind words and for having me on uh, you are always welcome on the podcast. If you if you want to come on, you just want to talk, you want to chat, you want to bullcrap, you want to tell us about interesting projects you got going, you hit us up, and um, we'll definitely make some time to get you back on the air, man, because you are um, one of the backbone pillars of the community that's making just amazing stuff to put on the table, and we really appreciate it. I know I personally, I really, really appreciate the work you're doing because there's no way I could paint that um and having those decals to fall back on it's just been a, a gold mine of um opportunity for for future projects so you're gonna be getting a lot of my money in fact we might just want to work out some other kind of deal so <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs>
All right. right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. Check us out on our Facebook page, Lead Pursuit, and stay tuned for more episodes and more stuff coming your way. Thanks so much, guys. Take it easy, guys. <laughs>